cancer blows I guess not part two because there'll be many parts this is a long journey hopefully a shorter journey than some um, but it still sucks and if you were part of my first part of my journey I am now going on to this part about getting my colonoscopy colonoscopies oh my goodness uh, they are everything you've read about everything you've heard about and more so in the meantime I'm a teacher by the way so I'm driving to school and I'm also trying to bulk up my stools uh, so I don't have so much diarrhea in the meantime so my doctor suggested I was start using Benefiber and prebiotic foods so I'm looking at prebiotics and these are uh, fermented foods that help your stomach naturally um, produce probiotics and then if you do take a probiotic the probiotic has something to kind of I guess grip onto or grab onto and thrive so this is like your garlic your onions uh, sauerkraut uh, kefir yogurts uh, kale things like that so there's some things that I'm willing to try and others that I'm still not I'm a picky eater I like things the way I like them and I wasn't going to embrace every single prebiotic out there but I was I can easily up the garlic and the onions and things like that and also maybe take a Benefiber so I thought okay I'll take Benefiber if that helps um, Benefiber by the way uh, it, it helps both uh, constipation and diarrhea so I had always thought that you see those commercials of this older couple taking Metamucil or Benefiber that it was for constipation so those people who had trouble with uh, constipation would take it and it would help you know make them have regular poops but it, in fact it works both ways so something I learned that it uh, it bulks up uh, your stool um, for if you have diarrhea but also if you are constipated it kind of puts more liquid in and it so they're easier so I was doing it to bulk up my stool and it makes you gassy so driving to to work I was now getting stomach cramps never had them before but it was definitely gas cramps and it was like I was farting and I stunk and after a while I'm like I can't do this because when you're a teacher and you're moving around all day and you're teaching kids and I'm teaching grades three four um, and you fart all the time there's only so many times you can blow it off or pass it off as the kid next to you that did it or pretend it didn't happen or anything like that before you're like yep it's me I stink and I'm farting nonstop so after a while I'm like I, I can't do this and it hurts because you're just constantly in this gas pain but at this point I'm like oh, whatever it takes to bulk me up and get me better uh, so that that's kind of what I was doing at that point um, school ends summer comes um, like I said I did the GI appointments um, at this time too I found out I had a little more information so my my dad has polyps found out um, side note I was like information I could have used earlier however um, when you when you're going through everything you just you have so many emotions that there's things you're like well I want to know that and I don't but 
uh, not all polyps turn into cancer, right? There's so many people living with polyps that they don't even know it. And so not all polyps turn into cancer, yet cancer, colon cancer, starts from polyps. So it's kind of a, I guess, a double-edged sword. Just because you have polyps does not mean that you'll get cancer, colon cancer. However, if you have colon cancer, it did develop from a polyp. So it's something to kind of sit with. Um, so I had more information. On, okay, you're, you've got polyps in your family. Do you, do you know when he started having polyps? No, it's not something that comes up at a dinner conversation. Hey, Dad. When did you first get your colonoscopy? How long have you had polyps for? You know, and sometimes medical things aren't always brought up or comfortable with families. Like, I don't think I can go and list all even my grandparents' medical history in that. I think we're getting more comfortable as we move on talking about things like that. But, I mean, in an older generation, not to say that my dad and parents are old at all, because they're not... But just if I were to say to talk to my grandma or something like that, they might not always be comfortable just discussing um, their medical history. So some of the stuff we might not know about. Um, So anyway, so he's got polyps. Okay, well, you know what? Then you might have a polyp. But again, doesn't mean anything, right? You could have polyps. You could have aggravated polyp. It doesn't mean anything serious. But so I'm thinking, okay, I might have a polyp. I'm an aggravated polyp. And that could explain, it, it explains everything. It um, kind of wraps up in a neat bow that that's why I have the diarrhea and that's why there's blood in it. And they're going to go in and they kind of said, if we find polyps, we kind of, we cold snare them. So when we go up and I'm, I don't know what I'm picturing. I'm picturing like this, I guess this loop and it's electrified or something. And they just scrape it down and it kind of snares it off. And in my head, that's kind of what I was picturing, but I was like, but and then it's gone. And then that's that. And you move on. But now it's just, again, waiting to get into this colonoscopy. And they, they have no idea when. Um, so I kind of, you know, people I talk to have they done colonoscopies. And my father-in-law at the time, oh, yeah, I've done a colonoscopy. And I didn't even get put out for it. You know, I wanted to know what was going on. I wanted to ask questions. And in my head, I'm thinking, who does that? Who wants to be awake and talk to your doctor and look at your doctor in the eyes while they got a camera um, up your bum and be able to have a normal conversation with them. To me, I'm like, that's wow. That's not me, but okay. Um, but again, it's someone I know who's had one. And then my mom with her IBS has talked about, well, I've had a colonoscopy. It wasn't great, but just so you know, the prep is terrible. And the day after, you're kind of sore, so make sure you kind of have help the next day. And I'm thinking, okay, I, that's doable. I, we can make that happen. Um, on a side note, I have, through this whole thing, I have family close by. I don't know what I would do or would have done and all through this without having family close by. I have never relied on family and friends, especially family, more than I have now. So I get the call. It's time for your colonoscopy. You got to prep. So you got to go picture this colite stuff. You got to go purchase it. You go to the pharmacy. You get this big jug of colite. Uh, just so you know, it tastes better cool. Um, and you're going to take it for, it's four liters. So you're going to do two liters the night before, two liters the day after. And 
this whole other prep. So leading up to it, you're only going to have uh, not f- foods without fiber. So your white foods and that. And I'm thinking, great, I love Rice Krispies. I love potatoes. Sure. Easy enough. So I'm doing that. Um, I, I'm trying to think, okay, you need kind of, they said things like chicken and that. So I went and got one of those barbecue chickens from Superstore and I'm eating that, watching my family tacos and good things but I was like you know what it's a couple days only it's fine and have my rice krispies potatoes it's we can do this and my husband comes home because I sent him to the pharmacy because that's what husbands do and he comes home with this four liter jug of this colite and it's a four liter jug and in my head I'm like yeah four liters it's like a big jug of milk right like you get an idea but when he like sets it on the counter and you have to fill it with water and you slowly hear this glug 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 and this thing and you know you have to drink it all I'm thinking oh my gosh that is so much to drink but I get to space it out okay and so I'm I'm reading the the label carefully and it's talking about you know questions frequently asked questions you know what happens if it doesn't hit right away you know, how long could it take? You know, it could take up to a couple hours for it to hit. I'm thinking, so I'm prepped for that. Um, it does taste better cool and it might be easier with a straw. So I, you know, pour it out and getting ready. And I was like, okay, here we go. Let's do this. Colate tastes disgusting. It tastes nasty. There is no nice way to say that it's going to taste like Kool-Aid or something yummy. You cannot add anything to it. Um, you want to kind of drink water as well as that, but because you're drinking so much of it, you don't want to drink anything else. It does taste better cool. So if it tastes really bad, like cool, I can't imagine what it would taste like warm. Drinking through a straw is easier. So if you go through it, drinking through a straw is easier. It does taste better cool. Um, it is plastic. You look up poly, I don't even know the chemical compound name, but you look it up, it's pretty much plastic. It tastes like plastic. It's, I can't even, it's not a, it's a little bit of a sweet taste. I can't describe it, but it's not pleasant, especially when you have to drink four liters of it. So I'm waiting and I'm thinking, okay, it could take two hours for this stuff to hit. It hits in two minutes for me anyway. So it, it hits in two minutes. So I am maybe done my first glass of it because you kind of pour it in glasses to make it easier and it hits hard. So I am in the bathroom and I'm like, okay guys, I, I am done. And if you've ever seen Dumb and Dumber, which I absolutely love the movie and Harry is literally in, because he, Lloyd gave him all the laxatives and he's in the toilet and he literally is gripping the toilet bowl and his legs are shooting forward and he is just giving everything he's got that's what it felt like and I'd already have diarrhea at this point so you already have diarrhea that's explosive and bloody still and then you add this to make more diarrhea it comes out hot fast like a cannonball like it doesn't it it comes and it's fast and hard so that was fun. And then of course I've got young kids. So, you know, you, you lock the door at this point, but if you've got young kids, you know that 
uh, there's zero privacy. They don't like when you lock the door, even in the bathroom, because they think everything should be shared. Um, but this is definitely something I want to do in private. So I'm doing a dumb and dumber on the toilet. I've got my three-year-old crying outside the bathroom, wanting to be let in. And I, I just am like, oh my gosh, this is, this is my life right now. Um, so I, here I am giving her and it, it continues and I'm thinking how much more I have nothing more in me. And it gives you kind of in, instructions of what to look for. So please, it says, you know, you have to drink the whole thing because you do not want to have to go in for a colonoscopy and you're not completely cleared out and they don't get the images they need and you have to go back. And at this point I'm like, oh yeah, I do not want to do this again. Like you want to be as clean as a whistle. Well, how do I know? Well, it'll start to turn green and then yellow and eventually it'll be clear. Well, I'm still pooping blood, so nothing's 100% clear, but it's definitely green and yellow and that. Um, and your your stomach muscles hurt at that point. Like I, my gut hurts. And then you, so you stop and you get to continue it the next day before, but you can't have, you have to finish it by a certain time because you can't even have water up to a certain point in your colonoscopy. So you want a colonoscopy as early as you can in the morning. Like you would not want to wait all day waiting for one. Uh, so I, I, I finish it and truth be told, honestly, I couldn't finish it all. It was, I was starting to wanting to throw up. So I was starting to vomit and I was like, I don't know if I can get any clearer anyways. Like it is as clear as it can be. It's not like I left a lot, maybe a glass or two. So not a lot. And I'm thinking I, I can't do more, but this, this is good. I am clean and I get ready and I'm going for my colonoscopy and I go in, I walk up and set you, you know, change and you're in this room. And at this point too, they're like, we're going to do an endoscope as well as a colonoscopy. So an endoscope is the camera that goes down the throat and the colonoscopy is the camera that goes up your butt. And I'm like, are they going to meet in the middle? Like, how's that going to work? Like, I don't know, but they start with the endoscope, I guess, and it goes down and then they kind of go afterwards through the bum. Uh, they're going to give you an IV. So she's like, we're going to run you an IV. Uh, you won't be completely knocked out but you'll forget about it. Like it's, you won't have a memory of this, but you'll be awake during it. Okay, I can do that. And again, I'm thinking how my father-in-law ever decided to be awake through this whole process, like good on him, but there's no way that's happening for me. Um, so they give you the IV and it's true. You, you feel drowsy. So I feel drowsy and I, it's kind of like you're in between this, um, conscious and unconscious state. So you're there. I'm, I'm turned on the side. I can see the pictures on the screen, but I can't, I have no recollection, no memory, no feeling of the camera going down my throat at all to start with. I have no really recollection of it going up. I can hear the nurse and the doctor talking. I know they're talking about me. Um, so they found nothing going down the endoscope. It was clear. Again, not, no memories of that, um, because of the, the drug they gave. Um, so going up the back end, I vaguely have a recollection that they found something like they found polyps. I knew that. And I knew they found polyps. Um, and I knew they found something else because I remember like in this hazy background of them talking about, they're going to tattoo it. Um, but again, 
nothing makes sense. It's jumbled. And before you know it, it's done. It it really is. It's done and you're waking up. Um, and I look around and I'm the youngest one there. Uh, other people are getting up and they're meeting their loved ones downstairs. So you can get up and go meet them downstairs because, I mean, it is still a pandemic. So they can't actually come up to the ward and meet you. Uh, but I mean, you're well enough to get up and walk and go down. And I remember sitting there and the, the doctor comes and she looks really sad, like really sad. And she's, can, is your husband picking you up? Yep. Is he here yet? Uh, yeah, he should be on his way. Can you phone him? Yeah. Uh, can he come up here and meet? And I'm thinking in my head, why is he coming up here? Like, and that was kind of like the dread, so the drop in the bottom of my stomach. And that was then when I knew that they they found something because I was the only one whose family member was coming up there to meet me. Um, so this, it was really, really hard. Um, so my husband comes up and she sits and, and talks with us. I'm still woozy at this point. And I mean, she looks and she crumbles like she crumbles and she says I did not expect to find that I am so sorry we definitely we found a tumor and my husband just kind of stares and I stare and I'm in shock but I'm also not because this whole process I'm knowing that something's not right and so in a weird way it's kind of validating that I knew something was wrong. However, it was also like, I didn't want it to be bad. So kind of very confused kind of thinking there. Um, and anyway, so she says, uh, it, it looks metastas or metastasized, meta it looks cancerous. Um, and she says, we'll get it biopsied, but I've seen enough to know that this is not normal. It's most, it's, it is cancer and I don't want to lie to you. So we're sitting there and um, it was kind of like looking at each other. We get out, we're walking to the car and I'm like, I have a cancerous tumor in my colon and I'm still coming off drugs, right? So I'm still like numb and don't really remember everything and fu like fuzzy and foggy. And I remember just like, I we may as well phone family. So I remember calling family. I'm like, it's cancer. I've, I've have cancer and I don't know anything else. And that was that. And it was just sitting there with this, I have cancer. Um, and it was like this, this bomb being dropped and you didn't know what to do with it. Cause at this point I had no other information. I mean, they're going to biopsy it, but I mean, in my head, I already knew. I mean, they, if the biopsy came back negative, I would have been like, what? Woo! And I, it would have been the best thing ever. But deep down, the way she talked, I, I kind of knew. I, I, it's, I knew that it, it wouldn't be. And it was just sitting there with this numb. And I had to go home. And my in-laws were watching the kids at this point. And uh, I remember coming in and just my mother-in-law could tell by looking at me and you know do you want to hug no is it bad and I'm just shaking my head yes and that was that and then it kind of came back to that 
before I'd left for my colonoscopy, my son at this point, because I was having so many appointments and he was worried and he did not want me to go. Like he was crying and onto my leg and everything. And I kept being like, it's an appointment, hon. I'll, I'll be back before you know it. And then in my head, I looked at my husband, like, did he know something that I didn't? Like, does he know something I don't? And I remember my husband looking at me, he's like, you, you can't think like that. No, he's just worried. You've had so many appointments lately and he misses you. And so I've, I got to put it down to that because if I keep thinking and looking for something that, you know, he doesn't know something, is there something that I'm not, like he senses something, that it's just going to go negative from there. And then I could be looking for negative signs everywhere. Um, but walking in and I remember having to walk in and put on a smile, right? Because I've got two young kids and I'm not going to, hey guys, guess what? Mama's got cancer. Like it's, it's, I don't even know how to wrap my head around it, let alone two children and explain that. So the next couple days after that was, um, living in a fog, uh, my husband and I putting on these brave smiling faces for my kids so that they would think everything was a hundred percent normal, uh, waiting for the phone to ring of what's next because it's not like you can reach out or phone someone and say, Hey, so what are my next steps? You are again, that limbo waiting game for them to tell you, what do you do and what's next? Uh, so those next few days and they were only a few days. So looking back, it's, I'm grateful it was only a few days because having to live with more than a few days would have felt like eternity. Cause even those few days felt like an eternity. Um, and, you know, putting on that brave face and then the kids would go to sleep and we would just look at each other and I would just look at him and I would just say, I just, I want to live. I, I never th thought about, you know, like I do and I'll, <laughs> I get into my thoughts about living forever because I want to live forever. But just looking at my husband saying I want to live and him looking helpless because he, what do I do? And I'm like, I don't know. What do I do? And it's just this helplessness feeling. So that's kind of where uh, where I was there. And th the next part is um, now waiting for, uh, uh, the I guess, the official results to come back from the biopsy and, and where to go from here. 